you doing? This is Jesse. Hi. And, and I'm Michelle. And we are excited to talk to you today because what we did was we sent out a message asking people to tell us what are the questions you have when it comes to nutrition. It can be confusing, right? There's so many different things out yeah. there, right? Yeah, it's pretty conflicting. Uh -huh. It's really tough to know what's right and what's wrong. Yeah, so what, what's really fun is we kind of gathered up all your questions and Jesse's going to be asking me your questions and I'm going to give you some answers. I'm not going to go into like huge depth on any of them and because I want to really just kind of touch the surface on all these different issues. Mm -hmm. So, but it's going to be give you enough information that you can make kind of informed decisions on how you want to go ahead and start eating. So, um, Jesse, why don't you just start right now and let's see what people are asking. Absolutely. So one of the first things that y'all asked us on social media was about intermittent fasting. And that's a buzzword that I've heard a lot in health and diet culture as well. Yeah. Good question, whoever asked on intermittent fasting. It is kind of a big thing that's just recently, I would say in the last even last year for sure, yeah. kind of come up. I didn't hear about it really before that. And so if you don't know what intermittent fasting is, it's going through periods of fasting. Now, we're not talking about fasting here for religious reasons. There are some reasons that people will go into a, a fa be fasting um, and praying and all of that. This is more of a dietary intermittent fasting. And what it means is you can do it in different ways. There's probably three main ways that people yeah. do it. Um, one of them is you only eat during an eight-hour period, mm -hmm. and the other 16 hours you don't eat. Mm -hmm. So maybe you wake up, you don't have breakfast, you start eating at one and you're not going to eat anymore after nine or something like that or from 10 to six. That's one way people do it. Another way is literally eat one day, don't eat the next. I couldn't do that. No. I mean, it would be like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like, who's, oh, let's try to figure out what, what Michelle's doing today, right, eating yeah. or not. You know, that would be tricky. Um, another one is that you eat one day. And then on the second day, the alternate day, or actually it's two days of the week, mm -hmm. you eat five to 600 calories a day. That's yep. it, mm -hmm. okay? And, so. and on the other days, you have no other restrictions. It's the five-two method. So eat whatever you want for five days, and then whatever two days during the week you pick, you only eat five to 600 calories in that day. And I have heard of that method actually, and I know someone who's used it, and it was incredibly, incredibly effective for her. Mm -hmm. but the important thing to know about intermittent fasting is that just because it's popular and a lot of people do it, doesn't mean it is healthy for your body. Yeah, good point, mm -hmm. and it's true. And that's the, the thing with most diets. So mm -hmm. I'm just gonna address the entire diet, and then we'll be just, you know, specifically to talking about some of them. But specifically, we are all created uniquely. Mm -hmm. To say that there's one diet that's going to make the difference in our lives because it helped this person, we're all different. Yep. It's really about trying to figure out your own body and what works for you. Mm -hmm. All right, so intermittent fasting, for some people they find it helpful. The, the way that I would say I would think would be most helpful is if you say something like, I'm not going to eat after 6 p.m. or after mm -hmm. 7 p.m until the next day because a lot of people get sucked into unhealthy eating late at night they're watching tv yep, that midnight snack yep mm -hmm. and that's that's something that i think could be good about intermittent fasting again you can try it if it works for you great but my question for you is what are you eating when you can eat anything exactly for me i set a rule that i stop eating sugar after 8 or 9 p.m depending on if i have work early the next morning or if I'm going into the weekend, but it's really helped my sleep schedule to stop eating sugar at a certain time in the evening. Yeah. And it's not that I eat 
excess amounts yeah, of sugar. Yeah, I clarify that because you, <laughs> yeah. know, you, you can barely eat any added sugar. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, it's just like if I'm with family, like for example, I just had family in town and that's kind of a time where you can have a nice treat or something, but I would make sure that it wasn't too late in the evening so that way I would be able to get a sound nights of rest so I would be ready to go the next day. Yeah, because you know your body. Yes. Sugar late at night doesn't do good for you. And um, again, she's not saying, you know, yeah, during the day I eat tons of sugar and I just no. stop at this time. <laughs> so, um, but it, it's, it's about learning to listen to your body. Now, again, some of the health benefits of, of giving your body a longer break from food. There's a lot of reasons why people are saying it's, it's a good thing to do, to, to give yourself um, a time when you're not getting so much energy into digesting food so your body can do kind of repairing in other areas. So, um, the main thing with intermittent fasting, my con would be that you try to follow what works for someone else and it, it's not really meant for you. Or two, because there's no limits on really what kind of food you can eat, you feel like when I am eating, I'll eat whatever I want and when I'm not eating, you know, I'm not Binge eating. eating. Yeah. yeah, that's a big problem. And I know for me, if I let myself get too hungry, it's like, watch out. Uh, I mean, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh my goodness, one, I'm crabby as all get up, but I'm also, you know, eating more. So um, let's take a pause right there for one second because my dog's whining and I'm gonna let him out. Sounds Hold good. one second. Okay, when you live in a house with three dogs, one of them is bound to whine and want to go out. Yep. Isn't it like every time I pull the camera out, one of the dogs needs something? Every it's like time. they're like, hey, <laughs> I want attention and you're filming, so. They're cute. Yeah, cute. they're cute. All right, so let's go on. What's the next question? Okay. Someone wanted to know about dairy and gluten-free diets and whether or not they are healthy. So I can speak to this personally because over the last year I've experimented with cutting dairy out of my diet, not because I'm lactose intolerant, I'm not, I don't have an allergy, I just decided I wanted to try and see what it would be like to not incorporate dairy in my diet. I got to a point in my fitness where I wanted to see what my food responded well to, what nutrients it responded well to, and how I would perform better. The main thing that I noticed for me when I cut dairy out of my diet was that my skin cleared up right away. I'm 21, so I still have those hormonal fluctuations and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And cutting the dairy out of my diet really cleared up my skin and it also just made me feel more energized. I stopped feeling as sluggish during the day. So for me, it was incredibly beneficial, but that doesn't mean that someone else doing the same thing would have the same result. Yeah. And, and what's kind of cool too is when you take out foods that your body isn't able to process properly or it's affecting your overall health in other ways, you often then will lose weight without even trying because mm -hmm. that's what you said, right? You, like, yeah, change. I dropped like two pant sizes over the course of two years, but in this mm -hmm. last year cutting dairy out, I dropped another pant size, so yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so it can make a difference in your weight as well when you really hone in on the foods that are better for your body. Mm -hmm. But to answer the question, is a dairy-free and gluten-free diet the healthy way to go and it could be and it might not be all right and what I mean is you know again for Jesse it made a difference in in how she felt and how her skin was and, and how her body was able to get to a healthy weight and all of that mm -hmm. so you can try it and see now of course if you have a full-blown allergy to dairy and gluten it's best to go dairy and gluten free agreed <laughs> okay but now you know a lot of times people are like I'm gonna cut out gluten and so what they do is they turn to gluten-free muffins gluten-free waffles, gluten-free yep. bread yep. that aren't necessarily healthy, mm -hmm. okay? So 
if you're, the, uh, the best way to go gluten and, and dairy free is to go to a lot of our one ingredient items. Those things that naturally don't have those items. So your, your, your meats, your fish, the vegetables, the fruits, um, nuts, you know, all of those things are healthier options, but don't turn to the processed pre-made foods and think no. that they're healthy. Mm -hmm. Fun fact, Lay's potato chips are technically vegan. So <laughs> I don't think that anyone who's looking into going vegan would think that right away, but it's true. It does matter what you put in your body and just because it meets the criteria of your diet, it's not necessarily the healthy way to go. Exactly, because a lot of times people will take out meat and go vegetarian yep. and replace it with lots of cheese. That's not necessarily a no. healthy way to go. Mm -hmm. So just, um, again, just because you can eat it doesn't mean you should. So if it's, you're gluten-free, just as it's a gluten-free item, doesn't mean you should. Mm -hmm. So um, again, it's listening to your body, figuring out what are the foods that work best for you, and then making your kind of eating plan around that. Mm -hmm. So again, yes and no for gluten and dairy-free, but probably not healthy just because you're going that way. Exactly. All right, so another question that someone had, which kind of ties into this, is about plant-based diets. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, plant-based diets, so, you know, taking out all um, meats and, and, and your dairy and all of that. It can be, a, again, a, a good way to eat because we need more vegetables in our diet, for sure. That's something that most of us are lacking, and there's so many different vegetables, and these different vegetables offer such great nutrients and vitamins. And... Um, the challenge is there's certain things that you'll just need to be very in tune to and make sure that you're getting enough of. So for instance, um, protein, protein, absolutely. Protein is hard to get from just a vegetarian diet, It is, especially if you're not eating any dairy as well. So you'd have to be very um, kind of watchful of that and trying to go to get enough protein. You can say, well, I could just take a protein powder, um, but we're going to talk about protein powders in a little bit. But I would not say, no, you, you always want to try to go to the natural source of the item. So, <clears throat> yes, we all need to eat more plants. We all need to eat more vegetables and, and some of us more fruit. But be careful, too. Again, you know, what you turn to, um, potato chips are vegetarian. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like we mentioned, you know. So, now, and I'm not even, like, super against potato chips within reason, um, plain potato chips. But you just want to be sure that, you're still thinking of um, nutrition and proper fuel from your, for your body above everything else. Everything is about balance with your diet. It really is. Yeah. Okay, so the next one <coughs> is about something that's been really popular. I know one of my friends at uh, Regis, where I went to school, is currently writing her undergraduate thesis on this, the keto diet, which mm. is very, very interesting because the keto diet is one of those things that's been used as a weight loss tool, but it's also actually incredibly beneficial for people who have epilepsy. They will be placed on the keto diet for whatever reason. There's a correspondence between placing epileptic patients on the keto diet and them having a decline in the number of seizures they have per day. Mm -hmm. Don't know why, but yeah. I haven't done enough research into it, but that is that has been scientifically proven by many, many hospitals, medical journals, hmm. all that kind of thing. So. Very cool. Mm -hmm. You know, again, you're, you're listening to your individual body. So someone who has epilepsy who really wants to stop having seizures, this is absolutely something to try. And if it works, yes. they should try, they should stick with it because that's so important to get rid of the seizures. Mm -hmm. But most people who go on keto, it is for um, strictly weight loss. Yep. And here's the deal. This is why I'm not a keto person. One is that it's not, most people cannot sustain it. The level of carbs that they allow you to eat is so limiting that 
you're really almost like um, held hostage to your food. You're yep. trying to always think about where am I going to eat? What am I going to do? What if I don't have the, I can't go to that party because my keto diet. And it starts to really um, become a god in your life almost. You're so into it. Yeah. And the other thing is if it's not sustainable, I'm not talking ever about a short-term solution. When it comes to our health and all that, we need to think long-term. Mm -hmm. Can I eat like this really for the rest of my life? And is this sustainable and all of that? Yeah. And does it get in the way of me just being social and interacting and all that? Is it mm -hmm. a God? And um, there's also some stuff that says it's not really that healthy. I mean, again, keto, my biggest issue, not just with it's not sustainable, my biggest issue with keto is that you can eat as many ribeye steaks and bacon as you want, but heaven forbid you eat those carrots. Okay? <laughs> it doesn't, it's like, come on, logically. So again, you could do keto in a healthy way, mm -hmm. but not if you're saying I can eat as much of this as I want. Although I know it's not good for me to eat a lot of it, keto says I can. Yep. And so what happens is um, a friend of mine, in fact, was doing this, went to the doctor and his cholesterol was 335 because he was eating. Ooh. Yeah. The doctor's like, continue, you'll die. So he was <laughs> like, but, but I'm losing weight, but I'm, you know, I'm keto. And I'm like, what do you want? Do you want to lose weight or do you want to and die tomorrow? Do you want to be healthy? Yeah. 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 So it's really about, let's just start thinking about what's healthy. I think some, before we, because this kind of wraps up our diet section of this discussion, something that's important for, I think, a lot of women to hear, and since we have so many women subscribers to Faithful Workouts, I think it's important just to let people know that diet does not mean weight loss. You shouldn't necessarily focus on losing weight, because when I used to do that when I went to the gym all the time, it made me have such a negative view of myself. We talked about that with our recent Love Yourself Healthy Challenge, which you can find on the Faithful Workouts website if you're interested in looking into it. But it's, it's, it's so heartbreaking when you see individuals who are so focused on weight loss and just keep trying so many different things and seeing no results, when the reality is that their focus is just wrong. It should yeah. be your health, it should be your heart health, your mental health, your spiritual health, your physical health. Losing weight doesn't necessarily mean that you're getting healthier. Like Michelle yeah. said with that guy who went to the doctor and had a crazy high cholesterol. Mm -hmm. I don't personally weigh myself that often, but I know that because of how much muscle I've gained from incorporating so much more strength training into my fitness routine, I have probably gained weight even though I've been dropping pant sizes. And that doesn't mean that I'm unhealthy. Mm -hmm. It's so true. Losing weight can absolutely go hand in hand with improving your health and it can absolutely go in polar opposite directions. Mm -hmm. So don't let that scale be the determinant of your health. Yes. It's more about how you feel, your energy, your skin, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff is a sign of um, your health. So we are all about helping you improve your health. And if you lose weight, that's awesome mm -hmm. as long as your health is improving as well. Exactly. Exactly. All right, next question. Yep. Okay. Someone wanted to know about beans and if they are healthy or not, specifically about the lectins that we can find in beans. Yeah. And the subcategory of that is how do you help with the bloating and gas that you can often feel after eating beans? Because beans can be healthy with the protein they give you. Yep. But and the fiber and yep mm -hmm. and that. So beans can definitely be a healthy food. They they have some great fiber, some protein. 
um, things like that. So the, the problem is that people with the, what she's asthma are, are lectins, and lectins are something that are in beans, and um, like a lot of legumes have them. Um, some of your nightshade vegetables, your tomatoes, eggplant, peppers, mm -hmm. I think can have it. And what people are saying is that if you eat lectins, it can affect the your GI tract and it's um, permeability, that it can start to become a leaky gut if you eat them. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, in beans, no one eats them raw, right? You're gonna cook no. them. Mm -hmm. And that cooking them and getting rid of the liquid in which they were cooked in gets rid of, I mean, almost all of the lectins that are in it. Yeah, it's like cooking pasta with wine. You never actually, not like you taste the alcohol after cooking your pasta with wine. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing, it mm -hmm. burns off. Yeah, so you're, when you cook it, it gets rid of the lectins. So you can, um, that's, that's something, so they're, they're, they, are, they are healthy. The problem is a lot of people, and we were talking about it, we're just gonna be honest, the gas associated with them, right? <laughs> I mean, and I, I don't care if I pass gas, honestly. It's more the pain that I would get in my yeah. lower gut from it. And mm -hmm. so <clears throat> what you can do with that is not buy them in the can. You can buy the, the hard beans, soak them in water for about 24 hours, drain that water, rinse them, drain it, then fill them with water, cook them, they take a long time to cook to get them soft, then get rid of that liquid. That's one getting rid of those lectins. It also really helps with the bloating and the gas that goes along with it. And the person who asked about bloating and gas wasn't specific only to beans, they were asking about other vegetables. Yes, some of the, the cauliflower, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, the carnifer, what's the word? Carnivorous vegetables, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah they, do, they do cause um, typically more gas. And mm -hmm. if it's uncomfortable for you, don't eat them then. Um, there's other foods to go to. Mm -hmm. If it's just that you pass gas, well then just pass gas. But you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I understand why sometimes you don't want to do that. But you know, they do have a lot of health benefits to them as well. But we're all, again, we're a little bit differently. Some people, they get a lot of gas and it's painful. And some people, they're okay with it. So, yep, well said. Okay, all right, so the next question we have is relating back to that plant-based diet and protein powder. What is your personal opinion on using protein powder to supplement for protein. Okay, great, protein powder. Uh, I have talked to so many people about protein powder because they always, always wanna ask, what's the best one out there? What should I use? In reality, my answer is you don't need it. Most of us, if we're eating a nutritious, healthy diet, can get all the protein we need from its natural source, which is always better. Always better to go the natural source. Protein powders, if you look at them, it's almost impossible to find any that don't have added sweeteners. It might say zero grams of sugar because they're using stevia or an artificial sweetener like that. Yep. There's chemicals, there's things, uh, we'll say natural flavor. Natural flavor can take on a bunch of stuff that to me is not natural. Yeah. So, um, you know, things like a, a quarter pound burger, so three ounces of, of meat. Now. Absolutely, I recommend grass-fed when it comes to meat, okay? So grass-fed beef can have 21 grams of protein for a quarter pound. A three-ounce serving of salmon has, I think, 17, 17, grams. 17 grams. And so you can go to some meat sources, but you need to go to good quality meat sources. Unfortunately, so much of our, um, our fish, our meat, our chicken is not it's not, uh, it's like, it's all about just producing more and more of it and not the quality of it. It pays to go to grass fed, eat smaller amounts, and it's better for you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, it's interesting. Um, well, we'll be talking about vitamin D later, but a lot of times the quality of the item you're eating, fish, meat, affects the nutrients in it. 
So we'll share more later, but going again, good quality, wild caught, grass fed, that kind of stuff makes a big difference. So absolutely. if you absolutely need to do a protein powder, um, my son has um, some, uh, quite a few, a big health issues, so he doesn't absorb all the nutrients from food, and he is constantly like lacking kind of protein and, and yeah. different things. So he does do a protein powder. I would go to an organic sprouted protein. So yes. sprouted quinoa, sprouted um, pea protein, that kind of stuff is really your healthiest bet on that. But again, look to see what else is added into it. Absolutely. Okay, so the next one is about organic versus non-organic foods and specifically referencing the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. I've heard a lot about this diet. Yep, 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 yep. So organic versus non-organic. Here's the one thing that I really want you to know is the stress that you can cause yourself because you can't afford to buy organic is worse than just like, don't worry Buying about the regular it. food. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> like we can't, I can't afford always to get organic and I just, you know, literally help me God, let's just get this, you know, pray over it and whatever. Yeah. But um, there are certain foods that you should buy organic and there's certain foods that aren't as important and so if you're working with kind of a limited budget to know those foods is important and um, as she mentioned the, the the clean 15 google it because I'm not gonna say all 15 things here because sure. you won't remember but clean 15 you'll look it up these are items that it doesn't it's you don't have to buy more organic it doesn't make that big a difference then there's the dirty dozen there's 12 items that they're saying if at all possible, buy organic. It's your berries, um, peppers, I think cucumbers are on, there's some certain things. So look those up if that's your question. And then again, when it comes to um, meat and that, or you know, organic grass-fed, organic chicken is going to be better because of the way the non-organic is treated. But you know, just um, if you can't afford it, I, I, I'm just gonna say like, I buy my organic chicken at Costco and it's $4.99 a pound, which is not horrible. No, you know, some places I've seen it's like $7.99 a pound. So when I go there, I buy a lot of it and I freeze it. <laughs> I bring it home and I have it there then um, ready to go. And again, the meat, huge, grass-fed. I'm gonna say that over and over again. Let me just explain grass-fed why. Yeah. You are what you eat. A cow eating grass has more omega-3 than a cow eating grain, which has more omega-6. Omega-6, inflammatory process in your body. Omega-3, anti-inflammatory. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I know, a lot of people don't. Yeah, so yeah. He, the cow is what he eats, and if he's eating a grass-fed diet, his meat is healthier for you. Mm -hmm. And just speaking to that part of how affordable it is to buy organic versus non-organic, being a college student, it was really, really tough sometimes to feel okay with buying something that I knew wasn't the highest quality, even though I was just trying to eat healthy. but. It's really okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't beat yourself up if you can't afford that super high quality, free range, all natural, no hormones, chicken or anything. If you are making the right choices and you're trying your best, your body will still reward you. So true. Mm -hmm. uh, and with berries, because those are so expensive and I yes. swear they last like an hour when I buy them. <laughs> like, holy. Uh, buying frozen is a great option in your vegetables and your fruits and things mm -hmm. like that. They, a lot of, because somebody else had asked this question, is it better to buy fresh or frozen? I always bought frozen when I was in college and having to buy my own food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because one, you can use exactly how much you want. You can take it out of that bag and just yep. cook that amount. And a lot of times too, they allow the, when you're buying something frozen, they allow that the vegetable, the fruit to fully ripen 
they pick it and then they flash freeze it. So it's been on the vine longer mm -hmm. compared to someone who's then picking it and it's gonna be sitting on a shelf or in a truck for a long time. They need to pick it before it's fully ripe. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the frozen can actually be better and it's been wonderful because they have so many more organics that are frozen now. Yep, mm -hmm. yep, I concur. Mm -hmm. Okay, the next question is talking about low calorie foods versus low fat foods and this is specifically in the context of bread. Okay, yep, I remember this yep. question someone sent in. Mm -hmm. They said, is it better to buy low calorie bread or regular bread. So I'm gonna take it up to more of a general term. Should we buy low cal, low fat, low, you know, all that. Low all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. and again, my, question, my answer is also, you know, sometimes vague, maybe. What's making it low calorie and what are they adding in because of maybe the fat they've taken out? If you're taking out fat and adding in sugar, that's not making it a healthy item. Exactly. I remember in high school, in my biology class, our teacher was talking to us about this exact thing, and he was saying, what do you guys think is the difference between normal Coca-Cola and diet Coca-Cola? How can they make something that you drink zero calories taste like something that is 200 calories? No, you just because there's less calories doesn't mean it's better for you. They had to put in dozens more chemicals to make it taste yeah, that, that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so just because, you know, if you're, if you're trying to get something to taste good because you want people to buy it, you're gonna do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. And so back in the 80s, fat became the, this is 1980s, not the 1800s. <laughs> back in the 1980s, I remember this, you know, everything became low fat. It was the fat was the enemy. And then what they did was they replaced it with sugar and they found that our obesity rates and our health took a definite plunge for the worst. So um, just because something is, is low fat doesn't make it healthy. So look at the ingredients, look what's in the food you're eating, and that's what's gonna make it, uh, the difference. There is some bread now that's out there that's like an organic bread and it's called thin sliced. So you're getting a thinner slice of bread and that's okay. why it's less calories. That's a cool idea, right? Because when I have a sandwich, I don't, you know, need all that bread. Mm -hmm. And so it's a way that you can still have kind of that, that bread, but it's a very thin slice. So Dave's Organic makes a, a thin slice that is less, you know, calories because of the size, and that's a good reason to buy Dave's it. Dave's Awesome Bread? Yeah. That one? Yep. Yeah. Costco. Yeah. <laughs> it's Dave's. great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So the next question is about iron, what foods are best to get that, nutri that nutrient that we need, what kind of irons are there, all that yeah, kind of stuff. It's, iron's important because um, iron is really what helps um, our, our blood be oxygenated and brings oxygen to all parts of our body. Oxygen is an important thing, so it's an important thing to talk about. You maybe have heard of like when you can feel super tired and stuff because you don't have enough iron and you're anemic is what it's called when you are low in iron. You start to have um, physical symptoms of lack of energy and all that because there's not enough oxygen in your blood. So there's two types of iron and this is kind of important to know. There's a hemi iron and a non-hemi iron. And hemi iron is typically, it's, it's what found, it's um, in only animal products. Animal products have hemi iron, they can have some non-hemi. Plant only has non-hemi. Now you would think, well, then it's better to get it through the plants, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, typically, the problem with non-hemi iron is it's very hard for your body to absorb it and use it. So what, there's one thing you can do to help. If you don't wanna eat meat and uh, animal products, eat a vitamin C with your iron food. Mm -hmm. 
Vitamin C helps you to absorb non-hemi iron. All right? So, um, you know, again, there's great sources, but like red meat is a really good source of iron. Red meat has a really bad rap because most of it is not grass-fed. Mm -hmm. But if you can invest in that and get grass-fed, you not only get um, the protein, you get iron, you get vitamin B12. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that are really good in small amounts of that, that red meat. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Does that make sense when I'm talking about the iron? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So going back into another nutrient, vitamin D is another popular question. And that's something I hear in Colorado a lot that people talk about getting out in the sun and getting their vitamin D, but what yeah. exactly does that mean? Yeah, right? yeah, vitamin D, super important. In fact, I just kind of was doing more research on it today, and it was interesting because um, right now we're dealing with a lot of people kind of um, concerned about the coronavirus. Maybe mm -hmm. I'm hoping when you're listening to this, it's a long forgotten thing and it was nipped and it didn't get too out of control, no. but right now we're kind of in the, the middle of it all. And um, when you have low vitamin D levels, your immune system doesn't function properly. And I have low vitamin D, but I never realized, I was like, well, maybe, you know, my blood work showed that, but I feel so good. Well, I realized the last time I got a cold, I it took like four or five weeks for me to get rid of it. I'm like, today, I was like, whoa, I wonder if it's because of low vitamin D. Mm -hmm. So vitamin D is important, not just, we typically think of vitamin D and we think about our bones because it, it, it helps with strong bones. It does, but there's other reasons to also beware of your vitamin D. Mm -hmm. And the thing about vitamin D, it is one of the hardest things to get from your natural food source. Yes. So you can get it in things like um, salmon, mm -hmm. sardines, mackerel, some nuts, different things like that, but it mm -hmm. is hard to get enough. If you drink milk, almost all milk is fortified. So there's cereals mm -hmm. fortified with vitamin D mm -hmm. and uh, milk, and, and you can also take a supplement. So this is really one of the few things where I say a supplement might be the way to go. If you do a supplement, do vitamin D3. Mm -hmm. There's studies that show that it's better to take it at night, and even it might be better to take it with a healthy fat. Oh, that's interesting. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. So if you eat like a handful of nuts, take your vitamin D and make that closer to bedtime. It doesn't be right before bed, but you know, around that time that you'll absorb more of that um, vitamin. The other thing vitamin D does is when you take in calcium, the vitamin D tells your body to actually absorb it. So that's oh, a big that's really thing cool. as well. Yeah, so vitamin D is telling your body to absorb it. Magnesium tells it to go into the bones where it needs to go. So all three of those are important for bone health. So vitamin D, immune system, bone health as well. Perfect. All right. So the last question that we have is asking about vitamin supplements and if they're truly beneficial. Now, the woman who asked this said that she was from Germany and she found it very interesting that so many Americans are obsessed with taking vitamins because in Germany it's not very common. And she said, because we just eat healthier over here. Why is that such a big thing in America? And is it actually beneficial? And I'm very intrigued by this question as well. Yeah, that's a really good question because, um, we are, we, we, we often want to turn to the simplest solution. We are like speed, like efficiency. Well, instead of me having to cook food and worry about eating healthy, I'll just take this supplement, right? Yep. It's easier. I know I'm getting it in then. Well, if you look, and I've done a lot of research on this, and I let, often I turn to Mayo Clinic website because there's a lot of doctors who put in there on what's healthy and what's not. Uh, consistently, the natural food source is really the best place to go. 
So like I said, vitamin D can be a little tricky because it's not in that many foods, but for most of our nutrients and vitamins, the best place to go is to the food source. Yep. And so if you do feel like you need to supplement, often people will then turn to a multivitamin, they just take it. But in reality, what I highly recommend is go get a blood test. Mm -hmm. See if you need it, what you're low in. Like I said, my blood test showed, I was, I was thrilled, it was awesome, except my vitamin D was low. Yep. So I know that about my own body now. Mm -hmm. Go get a blood test, ask them to check you for different things, especially vitamin D, that's a big one, and different things and see what, you're, what you really need. Or Absolutely. maybe you know your diet because of either a food allergy, intolerance, or you don't like, you're not getting enough of something. Then turn to that supplement, but don't mm -hmm. just turn to it because it's easier. It's yeah. always best to go to the source. Yeah, and getting those blood tests is just so helpful for your overall health because it can show you why you have specific cravings for salt all the time or for sugar all the time. You know, your blood mm -hmm. reflects almost everything that's going on in your body, so. Yeah, so that's so true. So. You know, to sum everything up, guys, there's this new kind of buzzword that's going on called... Um, oh, intentional... Intuitive. 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 <laughs> intuitive. It's, it's intuitive, but I can't yes. think of it. Intuitive eating. And there's things that I really like about this concept. It's that, you know, we're all a little different. To think that there's one diet that's going to fit all of us is just crazy to think about it. Just because it worked for a friend doesn't mean it will work for you. It's about listening to your body. Mm -hmm. If you're hungry, ask yourself, okay, first, am I thirsty? Yep. Really? Am I right now emotionally needing something and I'm thinking I'm hungry? Mm -hmm. And if not, then you should eat. Uh, um, Eat until you feel full. Eat the foods that work for your body. We were both talking about, you know, so many people are on this, these low carb, no mm -hmm. carb, low carb. Both of us. I could not survive doing that. Oh, yeah. I eat carbs for every meal. Well, not just carbs, but yeah. I have carbs at every meal. And I noticed that when I started getting more into weight training, specifically high weight, low rep training, I do a good mix of stuff. But yeah. when I started incorporating more carbohydrates into my diet, I started performing better in the gym, I could lift more, I got stronger, I felt better, I looked better. Mm -hmm. Carbs for me are very, very beneficial to my diet. And I notice that if I do skip them for whatever reason, or if I'm really busy and I just grab a piece of fruit or something, I feel empty and then I get hangry and it's just a train wreck. I almost always have to make sure that I have carbs with every meal and I don't eat yeah. the same ones either. And I, we were talking about, yeah, we were talking yeah. about the carbs you do eat. She's not eating white Wonder Bread and white rice for her carbs. She's, you know, doing kind of more ancient grains, grains and different things. Mm -hmm. um, so that's important. I'm the same way. Like if I don't eat, and when I, when we're talking carbs here, we're not talking the fruit and vegetable carbs right now. We're talking about more the those starch starchy, carbs. the starch carbs, the potatoes, the sweet potatoes, the squash, those kind of things that have a little bit, they're more of a starchy carb mm -hmm. that people tend to want to avoid. The complex carbohydrates. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I get hungry really fast if I don't have any of those types of carbs. Yep. So again, I, I watch it. I don't put like three carbs in one meal, I, but I do try mm -hmm. to, I do need them at times. So listen to your body is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, we all are created differently and don't think there's just like this one thing that's for everybody. And, yep. Um, don't let it be the enemy. Don't let food be your enemy. Yeah. Don't let it be your God. Um, all of that. Like just let food stay in its proper place in your life. It can be very enjoyable. It can be what gives you energy and all that. 
Um, but I hope this helped. And if you have additional questions, you know, just, just let us know. And you can either comment below if you're um, seeing this on our blog, mm -hmm. or you can always send in an email to michelle at faithfulworkouts.com. Thanks, Jesse. Of course. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.